welcome to the Built on Air podcast, the variety show for all things Airtable. Each episode, we cover four different segments. It's always fresh and different and lots of fun while you get the insider info on all things Airtable. Our hosts and guests are some of the most senior experts in the Airtable community. Join us live each week on our YouTube channel every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And join our active community at builtonair.com join. Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software. And that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. Welcome everyone to the Built on Air podcast, the live show edition. This is season eight, episode six. Glad you could all be with us today. We have an exciting show. Uh, my name is Dan Fellers, founder of Built on Air and OpenSide and Onto Air. And today we have with us our regular host, Ali. Good to see you, Ali. And we should be having uh, Camille join us shortly as well. And we also have a special guest with us, Scott Rose. Hello, Scott. Good to have you with us. We're excited for you to uh, participate. And we'll get to know Scott a little bit later in the show and see what's going on. So with that, why don't we jump in and move on to our first segment for today. Oi. Round the bases. So for this segment, we go through the different communities to talk about what's going on and everything happening in the Airtable universe and all the different communities. So with that, let's jump in. We always like to start with Airtable's community being the kind of home base of all discussions related to, to Airtable. And um, with us, Scott is very active on the community, maybe the most active on the, <laughs> on the community. I don't know. One day we'll get you and Kavan on and then um, we'll kind of have the everybody covered. I think you're probably the, the most active on there. So this week, um, this week, this was a big one. The, the announcements, they announced what was new. They typically at the end of the month, right, they'll, they'll do a um, recap of new features. And so why don't we take a look at that and see what they announced in May. Um, so anybody want to recap what, what, what happened this month in new announcements? Yeah. A lot of it, it's so funny. And I think Scott, you noted, you, you noted this in your comment below, like they, they kind of released this slowly after they've already had it out for so long and like, <laughs> you know, a lot of it, like, I think we might have figured out a couple of weeks ago that you could change the trigger, for example. Right. <laughs> They're just announcing it. I mean, but it's, I like the change, the changing the trigger thing is huge. That's like yeah. probably my favorite from this batch so far. Yeah. Totally. So the ability when you create an automation before you couldn't, if you wanted to change the trigger, you had to like copy the automation and then actually not even then, right? Cause, cause when you copied it, you couldn't change it either, right? Right. So yeah, so there you kind of had to rebuild it from scratch. So that's a huge, that's a huge plus. Isn't it amazing how these little tiny changes make such huge impacts on our lives? <laughs> There's one other change they have not made yet, but I think would be really cool is if we can control the order that the automations trigger in. Like, you know, if they trigger like through mm. the list, because sometimes you want something to happen that the, the result of that might, under some circumstances, trigger another automation, hmm. depending on things. And I and I stumbled into that with a client the other day, where because you can't control what order the automations happen in, like let's say your record matches two of the conditions that 
for two automations, let's say, based on the situation, mm-hmm. you don't really know which one's going to fire first. And so I think that could be a subtle improvement that they can make that would also expand things. So mm-hmm. sorry, that's so sorry. That's a wish list. That is yeah. exactly what happened yet. <laughs> For that scenario, you you could do it with a webhook, right? You could trigger a webhook in a script that started the next automation that you wanted. Great okay. idea. You just solved my problem, Dan. There you go. <laughs> I often use like a checkbox too, or like I'll like fill in like a date and time field. So like the first one can't trigger until, or the first one triggers when the date time is empty. And then the second one triggers when that's filled in. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, could, that's another update, thing. A, a checkbox on that record. Yeah. Look at this. It's like the live community forum. We just got two. There we go. Right solving, there. solving problems. So it looks like um, um, they improved some of the, the email formatting. Um, so truncating text field. So they do have like when you send an email, you can pass in a view or a set of records and it will format them into a table. This one I wasn't sure about. The the custom scripts no longer have to adhere to the one second limit. Mm -hmm. I thought, is that within automations or is that within the scripting app? I think within automations. Well, this is a little above my head. I'm not sure what the difference between CPU time and like actual seconds would be. Is there a difference? So the the link sent to looks like within automations. So I thought it was a 30 second. Um, oh, we got Camille joining us. So welcome. Hey, Camille. Hello. Sorry. Oh, you're good. You're good. Glad you made it. So we're talking about um, new announcements within Airtable. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about the one second limit of CPU time. Um, and we're not quite sure what that's referring to. Are you familiar with that one? Um, I know that scripts usually fail if, if a particular action takes too long. Um, and I thought it was 30 seconds. Yeah. So scripts need to finish under 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what the one second, maybe it was a... Yeah, we'll have to get clarification on that. Custom scripts no longer have to adhere to the one second limit of CPU time. Hmm. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure what that was. Because, yeah, it was always 30 seconds was, and it looks like that hasn't changed. Um, But there's some other limitations within your automation. So... Interesting. That might be one worth we could we could pose back to them to get clarification on. Um, the sync source. I remember that when they came out with the the sync source, um, it, they showed in their documentation that you could see where it was coming from, and but that wasn't actually available. So it looks like they finally made that available, so you can add a field that will show you where it came from. But Sky, you want to mention what you brought up on that? Oh, yeah, I brought up that it it only shows the name of the table that it comes from, and it doesn't show the name of the base. Um, so potentially name your source table something specific if you're not 100% sure yeah. you know, which base it's coming from. So instead of like seeing grid view, grid view, grid view all the way down, right. <laughs> maybe say contacts, grid view, something like that. Yeah. Although well, it is, it's, it's the name of the view, right? Yeah. Or, Oh, I'm sorry. The name of the viewer. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. So that gives you a little flexibility where you could create a, a unique view that gives the name there. Right, right. So that helps, yeah. So it looks like a couple other enhancements, fuzzy search and the sidebar. I guess that's cool. Um, new error messaging, Jira improvements, and then they updated their um, mobile apps for to be able to duplicate records. So that's good. That is a big one. Yep, that's useful in mobile apps. So, and they're also um, on the admin side of things, they don't mention it here because it's kind of not product related, but very big for, I know like European companies, uh, the ability to um, add details to invoices. 
your VAT and tax ID number. Um, so that's a big improvement. So that it'll be on the invoices, that information. So nice little improvement there. <clears throat> so yeah, that's kind of the, for the month, all the new um, stuff. I'm trying to think any other, what are the hot topics that people are talking about? You know, one topic that's come up twice in the last week or so was people wondering about if they have multiple forms in their base, um, how they can, or multiple forms in a table even, I guess, um, how they can distinguish where, which form was submitted. So if, if somebody comes in and submits something on one form versus another form, once that data, so so I guess this would be in the exact same table, not the exact same base, how they can know when the records come into their table, which form was the one that fed into their table. Right. I have a solution for that. I mean, I, I, I've seen a lot of people use it. It's like, you, you know how you can limit a single select field to only certain options in the form? You can say only show these options. So if you only show just one option and make it required, then nobody can unselect it and they have to submit it with that name, with that single select option selected. And you could pre-fill it via right. the URL. Yeah. So that's what I was, I was thinking is you could do a pre-fill and use that URL that you share with people. <laughs> yeah, I gave a similar solution, which is, yeah, I think that's even a better solution. My solution was something like um, put like a, temporary field on that form, make it required, of course, but make that field only ever show up on that particular form. And so the presence of a value in that special field would indicate that it came from that form. Right. No, definitely. That would absolutely work. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Any other hot ones coming in? I like to look at the ones that have a lot of people commenting on. Obviously, the people looking for jobs, consultants. Um, Camille, looks like you responded to one, how to count the number of times. How did that one turn out? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, three days ago. That was a long oh, time. Oh, yeah. This was, um, it's not directly related to the question itself. It was more just clarifying some of the answers, uh, just that in, in automation, the update record step is still singular. So, you know, as, as long as there isn't an S, uh, we should still expect it to update only one record at a time. So if you want to update multiple records within one step of an automation, you would need a script. Gotcha. All right. Okay. So, yeah, just kind of general discussions going on. Doesn't look like there's any heated discussions um anything else worth bringing on so let's move on so now we'll go to the built on air community this is a an active uh slack community that that we run at built on air and um a couple of things i was going to point out there's kind of a cool story if you're familiar with um this was like one of the very first third-party products kind of built on top of Airtable, called table to site so table to site.com and the founder who's part of our community as well responded and i linked um he wrote up a story he actually sold his website to somebody else and so it'll be interesting to see what the owners of that site so you can basically build a front end this was kind of the first one now there's several pori and softer um, but this was really as far as i know the the first one that kind of tackled using Airtable as your back end and then building a, a front end on top of it um, so we'll see if, if the new owners do anything with it and, and take it on. Um, interesting discussion there. Also, um, just some general questions about um, um, regex is a common one. How to use regex within the API and the formula. So discussion on that. Um, just trying to think of any other interesting discussions going on in this community. 
So that's probably most of uh, what's going on there. Let's move on to, to Reddit, see what's going on in the Reddit world. <clears throat> so lots of people, um, Airtable, let's take a look at this. I'm trying to think, I think this is uh, the person who manages this community and I believe she works at Airtable. I'm not 100% sure, but um, typically has some good stuff. Let's see, what is this? Interesting. So this is kind of like the, the fundamentals are at the bottom. So your field type. So if you're trying to learn Airtable, this is like your pyramid starting at the bottom and working your way up on kind of more difficult, challenging things. Any thoughts on this framework? I assume by Airtable API, they mean the REST API. And yeah. not their other two? APIs, three yeah, technically, almost. if you count the command line interface, they have uh, four APIs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd probably put the apps at the top of the pyramid, right? As far as complexity and, and learning, I would put them up there. So, but Absolutely. interesting, interesting uh, way to look at things. What else we got? So yeah, the front end, um, this is, you know, we were just talking about table to site. I was trying to figure out just on their screenshot what the seven tools would be because they don't have all seven here. So you've got Pori, Bubble, which is becoming a popular one. We're seeing Webflow. Now we're seeing third-party applications integrating with Airtable and Webflow, Softer, Stacker, so that's five. What would the other two? Well, oh, WordPress is up there. Yeah, I counted seven. Where's the seventh? WordPress, Softer, Stacker, Webflow, oh, mini Bubble. Extension. Yeah, many extensions. There we go. I yep. see the logo. Yep. Very cool. So, so yeah. I I uh, watched that video. It was posted on the Facebook community as well, and I thought it was a pretty good breakdown of the major kind of options that people have available to them. Um, it's not in, much in the way of demoing each because that would take forever to do <laughs> seven different tools and they're all very, very different. But it was a pretty good breakdown of what uh, each of them is sort of capable of and what they might be a good use case for. Yeah. So recommend it. Would there be any others to, to add? Soon, not, not right now, but soon Onto Air will be in this list as well. <laughs> Yay. So, awesome. That's coming. That's I couldn't. I couldn't think of another active, you know, alternative. Uh, I think the, you know, from my perspective, the two darlings are probably Pori and mini extensions, depending on what your use case is. Um, See, I think softer is, I would put softer as, as kind of the top on, uh, for the front end public facing type of website. Yeah, it, it, uh, that's what also what I liked about the video is it kind of, talked about what do you need if you need yeah. something that's still a back-end tool then stacker if you have the money for it if you need something that's a front-end website sort of thing softer or pori um you know if you need a if you kind of want Airtable, but just you know a little bit more control over permissions and whatnot many extensions yeah i like i'm partial to stacker and mini extensions i, I often use them both too like Mini extensions, it's really cool because you can render HTML. This is like a trick I like to use on Stacker. And you can embed a mini extensions page that's rendering HTML from your base and then put it on the page in Stacker. So like it looks nice and clean. Um, lots of little tricks. Yeah. And I will say, um, we actually have a lot of clients that use Ontair within JotForm as kind of a public facing way to display your data. So not quite as sophisticated as the others, but JotForm is another way to go. So, yeah. Uh, well, I, let me throw one hat into the ring. There's um, publish. Uh, on a, uh, the Airtable Marketplace, which just kind of uh, outputs your 
base data as a JSON file. Um, I use that because my websites are built out of, uh, they're static sites built out of Jekyll. So uh, all I need is a JSON file. And so I use their service to just JSONify uh, the information I need so I can use it into my website. So it's, it's, uh, it's way, it's like way on the other end in terms of it'll do literally the bare minimum. Uh, but that's all I really needed. If you want like ultra control over everything, uh, every single pixel, build the site out of HTML and CSS and use JSON to control your data. Those are for the power users like Camille. <laughs> it's it's for the petty people like Camille. <laughs> I don't want to use a template. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jekyll and Gatsby. I saw people talking yeah. about Gatsby, I think, in the Airtable community. So those are kind of the two popular ones there, yeah. So yeah, if you're building it by scratch, you can pull the data out. Uh, has anybody ever used Fintable? I've been meaning to try that one out. Nope. Looks kind of interesting. You can manage all your personal finance in Airtable and use their tool to, to build some cool stuff with that. So kind of for the personal use case. Um, yeah, just more Reddit, a lot of technical questions. So if you're on the development side, Reddit's a, a good place to uh, go for some of that. Um, document, bubble. Okay. Uh, we're past our week time frame. Let's move on to Facebook. See what we got going on in Facebook. So Facebook, you'll, you'll get a lot of um, maybe beginner questions happening here. It's a good place. Questions about job form. Let's see, Chris is always very active here. Chris and Ben. So Chris looking for some help. I'm not familiar with Pavli. Interesting. Questions about security and, and Airtable, um, how secure it is for data operations. Interesting, you are seeing a lot of uh, integrations with other systems. It's definitely getting out there more as a way to integrate your data with other systems. Not seeing anything too, too active going on. And Sync Inc, they're always showing up. They've always got great tutorials if you're doing advanced stuff and wanna get your data into a Postgres database and then use that with other tools. I saw they have a tutorial on using their product with um, Retool, which is a pretty powerful platform that you can build kind of custom mini apps in and pull your data from Airtable with them. They don't have direct connection to Airtable, so Sync is a good middleman to get your data into a Retool type product. And Ben with his regular videos, web scraping products. All right, why don't we move on to um, uh, YouTube, see if there's any new videos. There's the, oh, I spoke too soon. So there's a video on Retool, how you sync. Um, so, uh, yeah, they just mentioned it. Join Secret, this is actually a pretty cool, actually, I just subscribed recently. Um, you can actually get a lot of credit. Um, if you join up for Secret, you will get you can get credit to, to Airtable, as well as I just got a decent amount of credit for Stripe, and they've got other tools as well. So it might be worth it. Uh, it used to be free. There was a time where you could get your credits. If you remember, I posted it in our community. Um, so a lot of people got $2,000 worth of Airtable credits for free by signing up. Now I think it's down to $1,000 of credit, so that it's not quite as lucrative, but still still not bad. Uh, 
I never got my two thousand dollars. No, oh no, <laughs> it might have been. It might have had too many people sign up at once and got. It was funny. I signed up the same day as my client. He got it. I didn't. <laughs> oh man, I was like, that's okay. I got oh. it. have it. <laughs> you can maybe try again. <laughs> couple softer videos so if you're looking for softer looks like there's some good stuff going on there and a lot of intro videos um there's an interesting one i haven't seen that name for a while um i, I played with AppGyver years ago so it's kind of a mobile WYSIWYG application builder where you could drag and drop and create um mobile apps so i actually wasn't aware they're still around so that's good to see so if you're looking to build some mobile apps with uh using Airtable as your database check that out yeah bravo studio is much the same as that as well it's very mobile it, it uh hooks up with figma or adobe design xd hmm. i believe and then so you like kind of design the app first and then you can feed your Airtable data into it. Interesting. Yeah, that makes sense for a mobile app. I think um, then you don't have to worry about any servers or anything. Look at this video. That's <laughs> one we recognize Camille okay. talking with uh, Ali. Did you interview her? I did. Yeah. All right. So there you go. If you want more of Ali and Camille, you can check out their video with Gareth on Gareth's channel and um, yeah, that's kind of where we ended talking about that open source one last week. All right, now we go to Twitter. We'll end with Twitter, see what's going on, what people are talking about. There's a lot, there's always mention. Um, obviously Twitter is high volume. <laughs> Joining, oh, no, I'm not. A, I'm not. Um, so yeah, we talked about this last week about this open source alternative. We're checking out. Looks like Chris giving a shout out to somebody. Um, customer support. That's always good to hear when Airtable customer support is positive. <laughs> Probably worth giving them a shout out <laughs> might help next time you're looking for help from them. Hmm. So an investor shared an Airtable template, uh, but she can't remember which one it was. So check out the universe. I wonder if anybody was able to help her out. Oh, they did find it. There it is. So if you need a investor, um for streamlining feedback looks like it's there that's the cool thing about uh, i was actually talking to somebody last week and they just said you know just the universe is amazing although it's kind of interesting the universe we we track all the new um, bases that get added to the universe on the built-on air community and it's it's definitely slowed down significantly people adding new bases to the universe um i wonder if every problem's been solved in the universe or <laughs> possible yeah all right somebody a new team member they're growing like crazy they've i think what's their number they're up in the 300 employees so lots of people joining Airtable, which is good uh, so this is a big one. So he's a very high profile um, founder, Crazy A, Kiss Metrics. Looks like they're using Airtable. Uh, I want to see. So org charts, role team, staff profiles. Mm -hmm. There we go. And he even shared it. So there's one on the universe. So I'm sure that one's good. I'm just going to click through to that one. So I don't know if this is the one that they use, but this is this is kind of an official one from Airtable mm -hmm. um, for HR. So this is in the template section, which is different than the universe. So this means it's coming from Airtable. 
Interesting. Sounds like a great place to work. Aaron, who also works at Airtable, always puts out great videos. Airtable is a godsend. Templates.automation, they've got you covered. If you're using Google Sheets, I'd recommend making the switch. There's a pretty good testimonial right there. Oh, yeah. Do you remember there was that survey from a few months ago that, re, was it Retool, did Recode? I, I don't know the company, where they interviewed like 600, 700 businesses in the US and asked them what spreadsheet tool they used. And Airtable was like 25% of the responses said that Airtable was the spreadsheet tool that they used in their, in their business. Hmm. And Google Sheets and Microsoft Excel were sort of, you know, tied for first, essentially. Google Sheets was more, Microsoft Excel was number two, um, but Airtable was a fully 25% of the respondents said that they were using Airtable already. It's like, it, it's, it's like, it's exploding everywhere. That's crazy. Yeah, definitely getting popular and hopefully more coming. I think, I think it's um, got a bright future, obviously. That's why we're all here. So well, let's move on. Uh, lots of discussion going on, that new stuff, always good to see. So that's the round the bases. Uh, this next segment, I'm gonna talk a little bit about our primary sponsor, Onto Air. Onto Air is a complete suite of tools to run your business on Airtable. Check it out at ontair.com. If you're doing any serious business, you gotta check out Ontair, the products that, that we run. And today for this spotlight, I'm gonna talk about one of our products. We have six different products currently. I'm gonna talk about our schema product. So um, schema, if you're doing anything serious in Airtable, you know that it's, it's a challenge to stay on top of what's going on in the structure of your base and how it's all tied together. Schema helps you stay on top of your, your, your base and all the interlinking and all the changes over time. And so what you do is once you um, define your, your base that you're connecting it to, you'll then be able to come in and see a chart of all the different tables in your base and also how they're linked to each other. And you can see the relationships between formula fields, linked records, roll-ups, all of the link type things. You can also scroll in and out. So this is great. This works really well for very large bases that you need to um, zoom in and out and look at. You can also filter it and filter out any tables that may not be relevant. And you can save these filters. You can filter out by the field type, specific fields or the type of relationships. So lots of filtering functionality to just see what you wanna see. And then the great thing about it is you can see a history of changes over time. So you create snapshots every time you make changes to your base. And then you can come in and see at any level, the base level, table level, or at the field level, um, any time changes happen to like the table name, for example, you can see when it was changed. And probably more specifically at the field level, you can see if, a, if you change the field type, you'll be able to see all those changes over time and keep a good history of, of the structure of your base. Then you can also share that. Um, you can share your base and publicly or also copy it to, um, you can get an image of it. So if you need to use it for a presentation or anything like that, you can print it out and copy it as an image um, so a great tool for database managers using Airtable need to stay on top of what you're doing within Airtable and see history of changes over time. So check out Ontair Schema along with all of our other products, ontair.com. Use promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount on that application. So check that out. Next... I'm going to hand it off to Ali, who we're going to meet Scott Rose on a more personal level. So Ali, why don't I turn it over to you? Excellent. Thank you so much. Scott, I know we did <laughs> before, but thank you so much for joining us today. Totally. I'm happy to, I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Like Dan said, you're hugely um, 
you, you contribute all the time on the Airtable community. I'm sure everybody's really familiar with seeing your name around. Um, and you are an established software developer, as I have heard. Um, they have a lot of experience with FileMaker. Um, I'm interested in like how you found Airtable and how you would compare it to like the traditional apps that you learned to develop with. That is such a good question. I was, um, yeah, I actually got started with databases super, super young when I was only 12 years old. Um, do you guys remember like real video stores? <laughs> like even, even before Blockbuster Video, they had like little mom and pop video stores. Yeah, and there was this little video store around the corner from my house. And this is like pre-computers, pre-internet. Like, I mean, people were just starting to get into computers. This is, this is like the 80s. And um, I was this little computer nerd and I went in and told the guy that I could, you know, create a system for him that would run his whole video store. And I, that was my first paid gig as a database consultant. Um, at 12 years old, I wrote this database software that ran the entire video store. Uh, and it was an Apple works. <laughs> it was like an old, it was an, an old database that, uh, that Apple had. And then from there, I just fell in love with databases. And so I got involved in FileMaker. And I was doing that for 30 years. FileMaker is like a very, very high-end tool. It's, it's Apple's uh, database product. So um, I guess they've come up with a couple database products. And then, so that was my career for 30 years, FileMaker. And then a couple years ago, 2018 rolled around. And I was going on a backpacking trip through Europe. And it was just this spontaneous thing. I was going to, I just bought a one-way ticket. I didn't know when I was going to come back. And I didn't know where I was going to be from one day to the next. I would only book like a hotel or a hostel just like one day in advance. I would just decide in the moment which country I was going to go to. If I liked the country, I would stay there longer. And I needed a tool. You can see where this is going. I needed a tool to... Um, I wanted a tool to sort of track my itinerary of where I wanted to go, the things I wanted to see in those countries, and I didn't want it to be FileMaker. And there are many, many reasons for that, but one of the reasons was FileMaker would have felt too much like, like work, and I was on vacation. And so that was one of the reasons. There was a whole bunch of other reasons, too, like, um, you know, like... I actually, you know, all my clients, I have hundreds of clients, they all have their own server machines, you know, what I work off of for them. I don't have my own personal server machine because my clients all have their own servers. And I didn't want to ask a client for me to put my own personal databases on their servers. So I just wanted some cloud tool that I could use. And I wanted it to be free. I wanted it to be easy. I wanted it to be fun. And... And I wanted it to be able to be accessed on all my devices, Mac, iPad, iPhone. And I stumbled into Airtable. I, I don't even know how I found it because I was searching through all these different tools. I don't even know what words I was using to search on it. I was just, I don't even know. I stumbled upon it. And so for four and a half months in Europe when I was backpacking, Airtable was my tool. And when I came home from that trip, I was like, I, I didn't even know if there was even a demand for like Airtable consultants, but I was like, if this tool was so useful to me, which it was on my on my trip, I, I was wondering if people needed needed help with it. And so I started talking to my friends about this tool, and I was dating this girl at the time who just got hired at this company, and they were completely disorganized. I showed her Airtable. I started helping her build this Airtable system for the company that she worked for, changed their company like almost overnight. And, and, and that's when the wheels started turning. I was like, well, maybe I could help other people with this. I'm not really sure. So I put up a page on my website, which had only been about FileMaker for 30 years. And within like a week or two, I was starting to get flooded with inquiries. I don't even know how it happened. I didn't even realize, like I think, Maybe all of us, like we've stumbled into this most incredible world. Yeah. Um, and that's how I got started. So, and that's, it's just, yeah, that was a very long answer to how I got started. 
very interesting though i mean i i feel like we all can relate to that feeling it's like we kind of just like stumble into it and then all of a sudden it's like taken over our entire lives <laughs> like, yep, <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. oh my gosh and and you're also a motivational speaker yes and i also do motivational speaking um and um, one of my more famous speeches is called The Magic Question. You could uh, go to YouTube and type in Scott Rose, The Magic Question. And it's one question that you can ask yourself every morning when you wake up and it will make all of your hopes and dreams and wishes come true. <laughs> and it's, it's, one of, it's, it's very, very powerful. I love that. I'm definitely going to go watch that. <laughs> You're not going to tell us. <laughs> you don't want to ruin the surprise. We, we, have, we have to watch the video, Dan. Uh, uh, <laughs> watch the video. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! I, that's it's, it's. I'm somehow not surprised because it seems so fitting for you. Like you're so positive and like bubbly, and I, I love it. That's awesome. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Of course. And, and what's next for you in the Airtable world? That's a good question. You know, what's interesting is I was mentioning this somewhere, maybe in Slack or something, but what's interesting is that I, I've been so flooded with Airtable stuff, just like you guys have probably been flooded with Airtable inquiries, that now 95% of the inquiries I get from my website are for Airtable instead of FileMaker. Mm -hmm. And I think it really, really shows how Airtable is just really just growing, growing and dominating the market. Now it is true that FileMaker is a super high end enterprise level product, but the funny thing is, I would say I get about three inquiries a month from people that are switching from FileMaker to Airtable. They realize they don't need all that extra power. They just need something simple, fun, easy that they can dive into themselves. And so I think what's next for me in the Airtable universe is I am, I think I'm going to, you know, start transitioning away from the FileMaker world and except for helping people to go from FileMaker to Airtable. <laughs> so I think, yeah. And by the way, I'm kind of like, you know, after doing FileMaker for 30 years, it's also refreshing to be in something that's completely different. Absolutely. Well, wonderful. That's amazing. And I'm, I'm sure it's just going to continue growing from here. So that's awesome. We are all very, we are very fortunate beneficiaries of the Airtable universe, all of us. <laughs> I think so. I, I still remember when, when you joined the Airtable community and you just kind of came in and you had your very unique um, icon. And uh, so, yeah, I remember learning about you and seeing all your videos and your motivational speaking and so you definitely came in and made your presence felt very early. I'm kind of loud. I just could sort of come in, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm here. Where are we going? Yeah. yeah. Oh my so. gosh. I love it. Well, thank you, Scott. It was wonderful to talk to you. Well, thank yeah. you. And by the way, and thank you guys. Like, like Camille helped me out so much at the beginning and still helps me out to this day. I mean, it's not like, you know, the help never stops. Allie, I went away. I disappeared. <laughs> and Ali, your posts have helped me so much. And Dan, your tools and your community building. Like, Dan, what you do is incredible. You are a community builder, you know, which is incredible. And so I really appreciate you for connecting everybody in the community to one another. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's been good to, to have you in the community as well. Well, thank you so much. Awesome. So now we get to benefit from having uh, Scott with us. And Scott's going to share some amazing stuff that he's been working on. So we're going to do this under the Automate Create segment. So Scott, I'm going to share your screen. Oh, great. And then take it away. Okay. Oh, I see. I got to switch away from this screen. Yeah. Right? yeah. Or else we get the unlimited. Okay, cool. So, yeah, so I, so, you know, I've been doing a lot of um, automations for clients uh, over the last, you know, for, I guess since the beginning. And at the beginning, you know, I really did a lot of stuff in uh, Zapier, which a lot of my clients still use. And then I discovered Integromat. And so 
I'm going to show you guys today something that I just recently created for a client using Integramat. You know, recently, just in the last week, I've done some things for clients with Integramat, which you can also do with Zapier, um, where people can click on a button in their Airtable system, and then they get a PDF file uh, emailed to them, or they get an Excel spreadsheet completely filled out and sent to them. And um, a few weeks ago, this very cool project came my way where they wanted to create a text messaging system within Airtable. And I sort of created a demo that was based on what I did for them, which involved um, Integramat and Twilio. And basically, you know, Airtable has the SMS app that's built into, uh, or, you know, that you can install. It's the Airtable Twilio, maybe Twilio built it for them. Um, but it's the app where you can send SMS messages. And it's pretty cool. And that's what they were using already. What it does is it lets you choose a table, choose, choose your phone number field, uh, choose what view you want to use. And then you can type up a message and you can even customize the message by putting custom fields in with the, uh, with the brackets, you know, whatever you want to put there. And they have been using that actually for several months. They had set it up themselves with their Twilio account. But the problem is, is that once you send these messages, you know, you preview the messages, who they're going to be sent to, then you click send, that that's sort of the, the end of the road. It's sort of, they just sort of disappear into the ether. And then if the person responds to that text message, it goes in the, your Twilio account. So you have to sort of log into Twilio and see the information there. Um, and so they didn't really know where to go from there. And they wanted a sort of round trip sort of text messaging thing where they could send the texts out of Airtable and then receive them back into Airtable. But even beyond that, they wanted to also have these messages get the outgoing messages show up in Airtable as well. And that's also not part of the built-in SMS app. So they wanted to have a lot more, um, I guess, you know, logging capability. They wanted the outgoing and incoming text messages and be able to track all of it. So this is what I came up with them. And I'm actually still learning JavaScript. So I didn't do any of this with JavaScript. It's only one little tiny JavaScript. Um, but the rest of it is just low code, almost no code, just using Airtable and Integramat. So I'll show you how I set up the Airtable database here. So we have three um, different uh, tabs here, uh, tables, I mean. And um, right now we have a contacts table. And so right now it's me and Dan are in here with two different cell phones in here. And then we also have another tab here for Twilio numbers. So when you sign up for your Twilio account, uh, which is just one of many different uh, you know, text messaging services out there. I've heard that there's other great ones out there like MessageBird and there's a bunch of other ones. Um, but this, you know, they started with Twilio because it was built into Airtable with that app. So, you know, that's why we just continued with Twilio. And so when you sign up for Twilio, you can sign up for a bunch of different phone numbers. And what they wanted with their organization was they wanted one phone number to represent each different person in their organization. So for this demo, um, I'm just showing two phone numbers here, but um, you know, in the real demo, you know, they've got dozens of employees and stuff, but I just uh, culled everything down for this particular podcast. And so here's an example. We've assigned Sarah Smith, who's one of their staff people, to this phone number, which you see right here. And then John Smith, or John Johnson, is going to get the other phone number right here. So we've got a table of the Twilio numbers. We've got a table of the contacts, uh, the people, you know, their clients. Uh, this actually happens to be a, uh, a school, so it's actually their students and the parents and all the people they deal with would be in their contacts database. And then we've got this other table here that's going to keep track of the text messages. So then over here in the app section, what I did was I broke this down into different dashboards. So each employee 
will get their own dashboard. So this is send bulk text from John. This one's send bulk text from Sarah. And each one of these dashboards is configured with the Airtable app. Um, and it's set up with that particular person's uh, phone number. So each person has their own dashboard. And this is how they could do it the old fashioned way where they could uh, just send the information to a group of people. So starting with that, let's say we wanna send a text to both Scott and Dan. Simultaneously, this is already set up and says, hi, how are you? Happy Tuesday, hope you like Airtable. I'm gonna preview this and I'm gonna send this and we'll confirm. And then Dan, hopefully you got it. Got it. Fantastic. Now, one of the interesting things about Twilio is it, or not Twilio, but using this app is that it doesn't trigger any webhooks in Twilio. And so what, so we can't instantaneously make it appear in Airtable on the screen uh, for these sent messages. But what you can do is you can have it on a schedule. So in Integromat, you can have your schedules repeat every 60 seconds. So as soon as 60 seconds later, we can have it appearing here. Um, and I'll show you a little bit about Integromat in a moment, but I just want to show you the magic first. So I'm just going to trigger this scenario first. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to trigger this manually instead of us waiting for the 60 seconds for this to happen. Um, this is what the interface looks like in Integromat. So you can see that it looks a lot different than Zapier. But I think that uh, in my personal opinion, I think it's a much more easier to follow because everything is on one screen and you can just drag these things around and just connect things. You're never, you're never leaving this screen basically. And so for me, I really like the visual flow of this. But anyways, instead of us waiting for the 60 seconds for it to show up, I'm just gonna click on this run once button here. And you can see a visualization happen here in Integromat. It shows you that it's retrieving messages. It's and then it's doing a whole bunch of different things here in Airtable. And, and then it's done. And then if we go back into Airtable here, here we go. Oh, this was a test I did last night. So basically what it did was it got all the recent text messages that were sent that have not yet shown up in Airtable. So this was one I did last night. And then here's the two that I just sent right now. So now we can see that we've got the logging starting to happen here. So Dan, if you would like to reply to that text message, we'll see how that shows up in Airtable. So this is something that actually does happen instantaneously. As soon as Dan responds to it, it triggers a webhook in Intel. Oh, did you guys see it just show up right there? Here it is. We just received a text message from Dan to Sarah Smith, because it knew which phone number it was going to. And it says, hi, Scott, love your work. Thank you. <laughs> and, oh, I'm sorry, was that a question? No, I said, that's awesome. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Um, yeah, and the other cool thing about this is the, you, Dan, you could also send media. You can also send like photos or videos or whatever you want, and it'll show up in the attachments field. That's actually one of the things you can't do with the, uh, built-in SMS app. Oh, actually, I don't know if you can. I, I don't know if you can, if you can put in brackets an attachment field. I think I, I doubt it. Yeah, I think you can't, which is why I had to build it in this other way, which I'm going to show you. So this is um, how it works. What just happened there when Dan sent the text message back, in Twilio, you can set up a webhook that whenever you receive an incoming message, you can say that that text message will then trigger a webhook. So I've got these different Integromat web. Oh, actually, it's the same Integromat webhook um, for each one of the phone numbers. And then back in Integromat here, uh, oh, did I make changes? I'm just going to discard those changes. Let's go back here. And this is the scenario it's called receive incoming text message here this is where i set up the webhook and this is where it processes the incoming text message so this is the process that dan's text message just went through so it finds the student or the contact in airtable it links the text message to them it links the text message to the staff member 
Uh, so it knows which person sent, you know, Dan is communicating with, and then it creates the message in the log there. And then uh, this is how it processes the media. So if Dan were to send a- I just, I just sent an image. Oh, great. Let's go back and see. Ah, here it is. Yeah. So we received another message from Dan and here's the image that Dan just sent. Right. And so each uh, staff member has their own view here. So, you know, it's filtered just to them. So these are all coming from Sarah. So if we go to Sarah's screen, she won't see any of John's text messages. She'll just see the conversations that she's having with people. And then we wanted to make this even easier. So we made it so you can actually send individual text messages just to one person. So let's say Sarah is here and she sees this message just came in from Dan and she wants to reply to him. She can click on this compose text button here and it actually brings up just a simple Airtable form. And it's already pre-filled with her name and Dan's name here, although that could be changed if she wants. And then she could say, thanks for, thanks for the podcast, Dan. And then um, she can attach a media, uh, you know, an image if she wanted to. So let's just see what I've got here. I have my favorite image of all time, Grumpy Cat. <laughs> <laughs> So she's going to send a message to Dan and then says your message is being sent. So I'm going to close this and then shows up here. Now, what's interesting is that you'll notice that the date took a few moments to show up there. That's because when you submit the form, it doesn't, uh, it took a few seconds to trigger the process in uh in integramat and i'll show you that in a sec but dan did you receive that on your end i got it yep with fantastic. picture and all yeah fantastic and the way that i did that so you saw it took like a couple seconds the way that i did that was with an automation that when a new record is created oh i actually broke this up into two but really this could be combined into just one um that when the form is is uh submitted um it will actually run just a very, very basic JavaScript that just triggers the webhook in Integromat with the record ID of the record that we just created. So basically, it's just very, very simple here on the Airtable end, and then all the complexity happens on the Integromat side. So sending a text message from Airtable is here. So this is the process, this is the webhook. And then this is the process that it went through to get that message to, to Dan. And then the final thing I did for them was not only can they click on these buttons that pre-fill the form, but if they change their dashboard to this, which is send individual text, always at, at any moment's notice, they could just go right over here. It's the same form. I just embedded it in, uh, in a dashboard here. And they could just create a text right here for whoever they want to send the text message from, who they want it to go to, and then they could just send right here. The exact same form, but they can do it right from here if they'd like. And, and then that one should show up here in a moment as well. That's, that's yeah, amazing. Show up <laughs> and that must have been from John. So let me switch to John's. Did that come up? Yep. That got was from John. Yeah. So that's why I should I got show up on a different number. Yep. <laughs> Great. And so, so that's it. Love so it. I think what that shows is just how powerful Airtable is. Like th this system that you built, there's likely, you know, other platforms out there that likely cost a lot more money, but you can uh, incorporated all that into Airtable that you might be using for other things. So it's, it's amazing what you can build on top of it. Yeah, I totally agree. It's really cool. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of, I, I love the, I've been starting to do that a lot, like use the form in the embed block in the app section. I keep saying block. I'm never going to not say block. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, that's a good trick. It's it's nice to not have to leave the screen. You can just have it open on the sidebar there. 
Isn't that cool? It's it's almost like your mini extensions trick. It's like take mini extensions and embed it in Stacker. Like yeah. take a form, take an Airtable form and embed it in Airtable itself. <laughs> Love it. Very meta. Yep. Very meta. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, Scott, for sharing that. That's an awesome uh, tool. And so if anybody has needs for that or many other applications, where can they find you, Scott? Oh, they can find me at my website, scottworld.com. Scottworld.com. Awesome. Thanks, Scott. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. Before we get to our last segment, I'm going to give a quick plug for our Built on Air community. Feel free to find us on builtonair.com. Join us for our weekly newsletter. Join our Slack community. Subscribe to all of our YouTube and Twitter and every all the social medias. We're on most of them. And we'd love to have you participate. We're always um, interacting with people amazing like the group we have here, plus hundreds of others. We have a growing community of close to 1,000 people in our Slack group. So there's always um, people available to answer questions or um, look for help or any other things that you might be needing with your Airtable implementation. So feel free. We'd love to have you join us, builtonair.com. With that, we're going to finish. Camille is going to share with us some insights into a formula, I believe. So Camille, if you want to share your screen. Yeah. Um, let me do that now. Hopefully it will let me. <laughs> uh, what I wanted to do was go over uh, the, within the formula field, you have the option to uh, do either a if or a switch statement if you want to analyze a particular field value um, in more than one way. And it's, oh, it's gonna make me quit Chrome to share my screen, my God. <laughs> Technology. <laughs> <laughs> I will be literally right back. Yeah, no worries. That's all right. I owe her one for last week's episode. Those that watched, she covered for me while I, my power went out. So I can cover for no. her in the short time she'll be back. <clears throat> and Scott's traveling across across the states. So that is true. joining us from a hotel room. Hello. Welcome I've, back. I've returned. Uh, Welcome back. Okay. Technology. <laughs> okay. So um, I did a very quick, quick demo. Um, I have a simple single select field with options for one, two, and three. And uh, if you want to use a single select to kind of inform the value of a formula field. Uh, what I see people do a lot is to have a nested if statement. So if single select equals one, enter one um, with like uh, alpha uh, characters and then another if statement for if it's two and another if statement if it's three, which you certainly can do, uh, but uh, you can make it a lot more simple if you use uh, a switch function instead of an if. So. There's a few key differences between an, an if and a switch. An if statement can have a maximum of three uh, arguments to it. So the first argument is always the value that it needs to check. The second would be the value if it's true, and the third being the value if it's false. With a switch statement, the first uh, argument that it accepts is uh, the value to check. So that's the same. I'm just gonna type single select. Um, and then after that, it's it's completely different. Um, it's, it actually takes, um, and as far as I'm aware, an infinite number of uh, value pairs, if you will, or argument pairs to check for. So the first one being one, and the second one being what I want to output if the value is one. So following the example from my if statement, I'm just gonna write one, and then I continue on on and on and on, and then I could do as, as many, I believe. I don't know if there's a limit. I haven't reached it yet. Um, but you would continue uh, with the value you want to check for, the value that you want to output, the value you want to check for, the value you want to output the, in pairs um, until you're done with all the values that you can expect. And then 
you can have an optional last statement, which doesn't have a pair associated with it, which would be what to do if none of the other values that you've specifically checked for are present. So just like in my nested if, I'll make the last one other. Uh, and so you'll see, I come up with the exact same values. If I delete three from this one, they both change to other. Um, and that's just another way to come up with the same uh, result. However, it's a lot more simple because uh, I don't have to worry about making sure I have all of my parentheses in the right place. I only have one set of parentheses to deal with. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, switch is powerful. Yeah, it really is. I use switches a lot. Um, I I think some of my favorite implementations of switch would be. Um, I see a lot of times people want to use like a date add formula and, you know, whether or not they should add one day versus one week versus one year, instead of having multiple different date add formulas, what you would do um, or what you could do is do something like this, where you have one, uh, I'm just going to make up, I don't know if I actually have a date field in here. And then instead of having the last argument being hard coded in as day or week or year, you could use a switch to control that. So output week, output year. Um, I did this in a, in a bad order, but output day. <laughs> um, and you could do a switch formula like that where you can use it to control the different arguments in other formulas a lot smoother than you could with a, a nested if statement. Yeah. Yeah. Any way to reduce the number of parentheses so you're not tracking through that small little window looking for your parentheses <laughs> that I'm sure we've all done. <laughs> Absolutely. I noticed the other day I had a parenthesis inside of um, quotes, like as a string that was being outputted. And that little, the formula editor got confused by it. And it kept saying that I needed to add another parenthesis at the end, but like hmm. I'd, I'd still hit save and it would it would save and there was no error but like it was mm. not displaying correctly like while i was editing it it was very odd interesting mm. i haven't seen that yeah the fewer the better yeah. <laughs> very cool so just one little uh powerful formula the formula field has lots of fun things that can definitely enhance your air table so thank you camille for showing the power of the switch mm -hmm and how that can work in your base. So that is our show for today. We're a little over time. Thanks everybody for joining. Scott, thank you for, for being with us. Thank you. And safe travels on your journey. Thank you and so much. We will catch everybody next time. Bye guys. Bye. 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 Thank you for joining today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our sponsor, ontair.com, and we will see you next time on the Built on Air podcast. <laughs>